might not have been Brazil, like we thought the call screener, uh, our buddy Jake over there had put in there. We thought that maybe, just maybe it was actually Brazil. Hold on, Jake, you got to speak up on this one. You know I love and appreciate what you do. I think you do a fantastic job around here. You need to know that. But in your mind, you really thought it was Brazil over any of the other possibilities that it could have been? So I can't tell you how many times, Jonathan, a caller will call in and they sound completely different to me on the phone than they do on air. And QA from Painesville was exactly that type of caller. It sounded like he had a heart accident. I had to ask for his name three times. And then, yes, it sounded like you said Brazil instead of Painesville. Yeah, it happened. No, just general curiosity, like Brazil. That's fascinating. How that Odyssey app is amazing. Nothing like that. You're just like, all right, I, I just work here. Brazil, it is. So I had that two days ago because we had a caller on Baskin and Phelps, I believe, calling from Athens, Greece, and we doubted it on air, but the caller stood up to the fact that he was calling from Greece. All right, all right. I mean, yeah, why not? If you have internet, you can get us anywhere. It's not, it's not crazy. It's just, uh, all right, no Brazil, Painesville. Hey, whatever. I hear Painesville's beautiful this time of the year, just like everywhere else around here. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. I'm gonna get on the Painesville, uh, you know, tourism board. I'm gonna get in. The, I'm gonna get in, uh, on the inside of the Painesville tourism board and start promoting everything Painesville. You know how like Parma's got the flamingos. What does Painesville have? Do they have any sort of cool, random thing that I wouldn't know about? Is there like the world's biggest paper clip or something in Painesville? I gotta get. I gotta do a deep dive into Painesville. We'll find out more between the break. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Right now we're talking about Evan Mobley though, and I, I, I just, I'm curious to know if you go to a game and you watch him clank five shots in a row, are you going to sit in your stands and say, "Yep, they told us this was uh, better for us long term, so I'm going to sit here and we're going to lose this game by four points, but it's going to be for the betterment of the team." I'm here to tell you I'm okay with that. I know a lot of you guys aren't. I'm all right taking a couple steps backward to in the postseason take a bunch of steps forward, but we gotta find a way to get Mobley good at the three point shot. We gotta find a way to get him comfortable in the three point shot as well. There is no way they would give him the green light if he was a legitimate twenty percent three point shooter the way he is in games. I gotta believe, and I'm not there at practice trying to figure it out for the Cavs, but I gotta believe that Evan Mobley in practice is a sniper with the three ball. And then something happens when he gets in these games, and clearly we've seen he just hasn't been as good. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Will in North Royalton up next on the fan. What's up, Lou? Jonathan, how you doing, my man? Good, man. What's up? Hey, you need to. <laughs> I thought you would be doing backflips in that studio because from what we talked about last week and then on Saturday night. How, how do you like them Ravens, baby? Huh? How do you uh, like them Ravens? Lou. What do you think of Lamar Jackson now? Was I not? Was I not a hundred percent right, Lou? I, 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 you are the only one that agrees with me. I know. Okay. I know. You're the I only know. one that, I, and I need a favor from you. I, 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 I told you what I'm going to do. So I need the the, the phone number to the 1057. Oh, that's right. You said you're going to call up our, yeah, our buddy Rob Long, the Big Bad so Morning I, Show. I'm going to call. I'm going to do it. Where's 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 the enough? What was that guy's name that called in Lee or something like that that uh, said that he was going to bet his house uh, that the Ravens would win? I, well, I hope he did. I, I only remember you, Lou. I don't remember any of those other callers. Uh, well, the, the Baltimore he callers. Said he, call, he said that he would call you in the Cleveland station 
uh, and I, I've never. But anyway, crickets as um, usual. Well, this is how this always goes. I, I, we yeah, get, we I get things, we get things but, dead uh, on the money, and then uh, you never hear from them. The moment you get anything wrong, my mentions are filled up with people throwing digital tomatoes at me. This is I signed listen, up for it, Lou. I can't complain. I signed I, up for I, it. Listen, other than my four kids being born, this is the happiest <laughs> day uh, so far because okay. the Ravens got their ass. Well, we'll talk about the Ravens in a little bit. I'm happy you enjoyed it because we did have that moment on CBS Sports Radio when I was getting pummeled by Baltimore calls and everyone telling me how great it was going to be for Baltimore, me not buying in and then you buying in. But uh, give me me a mobile here. What do we got? Oh, um, listen, uh, I think that guy that uh, the last caller, Rob or whatever, saying that um, they need to get rid of Darius Garland. You know how I feel. Not that – I think Donovan Mitchell is a is a is a good player, very good player. Okay, he doesn't fit the mold for this team. Look at what um, what the Cavs did when they had Markkanen, uh, Mobley, Jared Allen, and uh, Darius Garland. Darius Garland is a true point guard. Okay, Donovan Mitchell is too ball dominant. He has to have the ball in his hands, which you know, I mean, that's that's great. But it just doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't mesh. So if Evan Mobley is your true centerpiece that you want to build this franchise around, you can't have Donovan Mitchell because he's going mm. to slow down that maturation process and that growing process for Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley can't be the man with Donovan Mitchell on this team. So oh, that's interesting. I, 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 you don't think they can coexist? Um. I don't know. Well, you thought, I mean, they, they played great together last year, but this year, I, I, I think it was because of the injuries. But here's, here's my, here's the point I want to make real quick. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell, okay, the best thing, and it would be a, a miracle, and we would all be happy, if the Cavs win, let's say the Cavs win the NBA championship, okay? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's dream for now. Would that be a better um, day than uh, when one of your kids was born, or is that, is it still Ravens uh, after yeah, that, and then maybe the. Uh, uh, I'm going to tell you yes, but if my wife is listening, she'll probably... No, 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 no. No need to sleep on the couch tonight, please. You don't have to do that for me. (laughs) (laughs) But but, uh, Donovan Mitchell, if they win the championship, Donovan Mitchell's gone, okay? If they make it to the... uh, If they win, he's gone? ...conference finals, okay, or the second round or whatever. Why why would he leave a championship team, Lou? That doesn't make sense. He's he's not going to resign with the Cavs. He can say that I did what I came here to do. I led you guys to a championship. No, I think he'd want to keep the good times rolling. No, I, no, I think I, all he's ever wanted he, is to be on a, a contender. I don't think so. I, he's out the door. He wants to play. No, strong he wants disagree. to play for the Knicks. And the Knicks have nothing, uh, no player on their team that I'm interested in. All they right. have nobody. Hey, Will, Will i got to let you go here, man. But I do appreciate right, you man, as always. Thank you, man. Time. Okay, Thanks. good stuff. And then don't hey, – hey, he told me Saturday on CBS Sports Radio he was going to call our buddy Rob Wong in Baltimore, and he was going to say – Overtime with Jonathan Peterman was right, and you all were wrong. If he does that, I'll find the clip. We'll play it for you guys. It'll be a lot of fun. I like that. I like starting beef with Baltimore because – so Pittsburgh is the beef that uh, a lot of Cleveland radio hosts seem to have because Filippone and Moeller and those guys, they'll actually, like, fight back and they'll spar back. Baltimore's a bunch of sweethearts. Everyone on Baltimore radio is a bunch of sweethearts. I worked with Ken Wyman previously uh, at a different place, and that man is just as nice as it gets. Uh, maybe not locking forward to a lot of you guys, but any interaction I've ever had with them is nice. But but Baltimore Radio adds a bunch of sweethearts there. They're not Rob Wong is about as nice of a human as you're gonna get. He's not gonna he's gonna be like, 
okay. I, I've I, also they've gone through the worst stretch outside of the Lions than anyone could imagine in the previous 48 hours. They they don't need us piling on. They really truthfully don't. Uh, Bob on Twitter, by the way, is saying Painesville Country Club is where it's at. I looked up some photos. Painesville Country Club, man, do I miss golf right now. I miss golf so bad. The simulators are nice, but I just, I miss golf so bad. 216474 to below 92. Mike in Cleveland Heights up next. What's up, Mike? How you doing, John? Hey, Mike. Uh, hey, quick question. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't understand um, Bernie's. I'm, I'm one of the guys who, when, when Bernie took over, I was like, okay, let's, let's try this new thing. But I don't like what he does with rookies. Can you tell me why is it that when Christian, Christian went down, Mobley went down, why he doesn't give him a money base in each um any time to um play? That's a good question. We I we were calling for that for weeks on end, it felt like. He averaged twenty four and five <laughs> in the G League. He was absolutely unreal. Right. And then my thing is you're trying to force Mobley to shoot threes when this guy can shoot threes. They're both the same height and everything. Or if you give him a little bit of time, he can he can he can get his defense game better. But he won't let him play. Yeah, so I, there's a couple things there. I think they're I think they're beholden to Dean Wade because they paid Dean Wade a lot of money, and I, I know that's not a good answer that you want to hear because we shouldn't look at things that way. But that's how that's how these front office that's how they look at things. They don't like paying people a lot of money and then benching them for Amani Bates. Um, Amani Bates was fantastic this year. There's no doubt about it. It just I there's they're doing nothing with him. Uh, Mike, I don't have a great answer for you. I've been calling them for for them to bring him up for a month now. Yeah, me and my dad, every time we watch the game, I'm sitting here watching him on, on the end of the bench just sitting there. Even the guy, you know, he was doing the, um, 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 the bug top by four. You could at least got him in. Didn't, you know, let him take more than two minutes at the end of the game. Like, what is he doing? How do you expect these guys to produce and, and get their game together if you never play them? Yeah, I'm with you there. Thank you, Mike. Good call, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see Amani Bates anytime soon. I just truthfully don't. And, unless we had an actual injury. Well, like a, a permanent injury to one of our other forwards, we're not going to see Amani Bates up there. He's playing fantastic right now. He really is. He really, he really is doing a great job. All right. I want to play this clip for you. We're going to react to it coming up on the other side, okay? This was Tyler Dunn. Tyler Dunn was on with Ken and Anthony in the morning, and it had me thinking about Deshaun Watson. We'll do this, and then uh, we'll react to it afterwards. Here's Tyler Dunn. The position is it's so much about confidence. I can remember uh... – Actually, it might have been Deshaun Watson's guy, Quincy Avery, um, you know, his quarterback's coach. We, we talk a lot, and you know, he's been critical of Baker Mayfield, but at one point he was saying, no, B- Baker Mayfield can be really, really good because he's so damn confident. Like, he, he goes out there thinking he can make every throw and do anything he wants when, when physically he really can't. Uh, but that takes him far. So if that confidence is in there somewhere, if he can, if he can find that and go out there thinking he's the baddest dude on the planet, and then maybe we do see what we saw early in his career. And I think Ken Dorsey is that kind of guy. He's got that kind of swagger. He's a. When it comes to Deshaun Watson, is it a confidence issue with Deshaun? And does Deshaun's confidence worry you the most? 216474 below 92. We'll get back into the NFL. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterman here with you on the fan. Now I want to talk about Deshaun Watson because Tyler Dunn was on with Ken and Anthony. And, and, and listen, the first clip we played for you guys, it went into Baker Mayfield. And I hadn't thought about it in the context of Baker Mayfield before. Part of what Baker was so great at was being able to have the confidence that Baker Mayfield arguably shouldn't have had. Now, 
if I were to back up Baker, and you guys know I like Baker, if I were to back up Baker, I would say the man won a Heisman. He played in the college football playoff. He should have as much confidence as anybody in life, right? But that doesn't really work that way. There's a lot of people that have won Heismans that haven't necessarily been great NFL quarterbacks. There's a lot of people that have won Heismans that would never make a great NFL quarterback. Just because you win that award doesn't justify anything. But when it comes to Baker, Baker had a lot of reason to be confident. But Baker's best ability in my mind was the the idea that Baker genuinely thought he was Tom Brady. He was he was Peyton Manning. He was Dan Marino. He was all your favorite players of all time wrapped into one. If Baker Mayfield saw Patrick Mahomes tomorrow, the guy that's going to his sixth straight Super Bowl or excuse me, sixth straight AFC title game appearance, fourth straight Super Bowl, and has won two of them in line to win his third, Baker would look at Patrick Mahomes and say, anything you can do, I can do better. Right? That's his mentality. That's always been it. And I hadn't thought about Baker in the context of Deshaun Watson because part of what made Baker so great is that Baker Mayfield never was scared to throw the football. Baker Mayfield was never scared to make the big-time play. Baker Mayfield always just kind of went for it. Joe Flacco's got a lot of that as well. Joe Flacco's always willing to go for the big-time throw, willing to go for the big-time play. There's not a throw in the football field that Joe Flacco doesn't believe that he can make. I don't know that Deshaun Watson believes that right now. When I think about Deshaun, I really do believe Deshaun Watson thinks it's different than what it was in Houston. 180 yards per game in his time with the Browns, 300 yards per game as last year in Houston. Clearly something is different. Is it just about the confidence? You know, look at the amount of Sam Merrill-type players the Cavs have chucking up threes on any given night. You can't tell those guys they shouldn't be taking those shots. Despite how many NBA pundits want to make it not a thing, it's working, and they just keep feeding them the rock. I think the line can get blurred here. You know, Joe Flacco, Sam Merrill, some of these guys that just, they just have unchecked arrogance. It can work in sports. It's Deion Sanders telling 60 Minutes when asked who the best coach in college football was to go get a mirror to then promptly lose eight of his final nine games. Said he was better than Saban and then lost more games than Nick Saban lost in the previous half decade. I'm here for confidence. I'll take some delusion as long as it gets to Sean away from what it currently seems like his confidence is, which is in the gutter. Let me ask you, 216474 to below 92, does Sean's confidence, does it worry you the most? It worries Tyler Dunn. Here's more of what he had to say on with Ken and Anthony. Like a lot of people who have been around him, you know, back then before ever, all hell kind of, kind of broke loose. It's, it's a magnetic personality, leader, guys love playing for him. On the field, just the improvisational ability. I mean, there is a magic to his game. Um, just to stick stick to the football here, I I don't know is that magic still in there? You know, I, did we see it this past year through the injuries? I I really don't know. Uh, maybe there was a moment here or there. Maybe Ken Dorsey can help him kind of recapture it. That will be his number one job. Um, but it's it's in there somewhere. I mean, there was a point when Deshaun Watson looked like the, the future of the position, and and now he certainly does not. It's in there somewhere. I know it's in there somewhere. I think Tyler's dead on. What's funny is anytime I talk about this with you guys in the previous three weeks, basically since the season has ended, I go, uh, hey, what worries you the most? Is it Deshaun's injuries? Is it his arm? Is it his physical play? Every time we bring something up about Deshaun in the previous couple weeks, you guys, not me, you guys, have all come back and told me it's some variation of the mental. 
The mental side of Deshaun Watson is what worries you the most. And it's not something that I initially had given much credence to because it's not something that was front of mind to me. But when you hear guys like Tyler Dunn talk about it and you guys talk about it and then Deshaun talk about it on his own podcast, it does make you kind of wonder where exactly is this men's, where, where is his confidence? How does he get it back? Was he just starting to get it back? I don't think it's a coincidence that the three very best games we've seen him play in a Browns uniform were all the three most recent games we watched him play. We just we don't always get a look into his head. When he does the Lockerverse podcast, I don't see a guy that feels like he isn't confident within himself. But when you watch him play, something is a little bit different. And I, I wish we would have had the whole season for a million reasons. But I really do think we got cut short of what could have been this year and where this team could have gone with him under center. I just feel like he was starting to get it all back. It does explain why he wasn't really throwing the ball deep often and why he was taking the easier passes. The mental side of sports is so huge. I remember in college, you guys know I was a college bowler. Lindenwood University, my alma mater, just bet big on them earlier today. I meant to bet, I thought it was a, a, a men's basketball game. Not that it makes a difference. Here's where I'm at in life. I was so desperate to bet my college because my, my college just turned D1 not too long ago. And so they've never been on the, on the, on the betting scroll line. I mean, they have been since it's been legal in Ohio, but I didn't have a chance like 15 years ago to bet on my college, which I would have absolutely loved. Oh man, could you imagine? I was like broadcasting those games and not broadcasting. I'm sorry. I was doing like TV stuff, like halftime stuff and, and all the, like the, the post game type show type stuff. Can you imagine betting on those games? Oh, it would have been great. And so I was betting on him. I, I didn't even realize I bet on the women's game. I was just, I was just so excited to place a bet on him. I was like, I got to bet anything on him because I saw them up on the, on the app. I'm like, I got to do it. But I went to school for, for bowling. And I remember in college, my coach, and he gave this to more than just me because it's not like I was like, Oh, you clearly have a, a, a mental head case issue going on. But he was like, there's a book out there on bowling and, and the mental side of it. Read it. Okay. All right. And I read it. And I don't know. I have no idea if it helped at all. Zero clue if it helped at all. But that type of stuff matters in sports. Matters in a big-time way. Justin Herbert at Oregon would have been the number one overall pick his junior year if he would have came out. Because we know the talent Justin Herbert has. Everyone knew the talent Justin Herbert has. He went back for his senior year because he didn't think he was ready. Didn't think he was. He didn't have enough confidence in, him, in himself to go to the NFL straight from his junior year, went back for his senior year, cost him the number one overall pick. Cost him being taken number one overall because it just, that's how this works. If the slightest inkling that you don't have confidence in yourself, everyone is going to turn on you. And for Deshaun Watson, you can see how weird this situation has been for him in Cleveland the entire time. Think about it. Deshaun Watson, fun fact for you guys, coming at you hot and ready. Deshaun Watson went five years from his senior year in high school all the way through college into the NFL without losing a game by more than seven points, by more than one score. Think about how long that is. That's half of a decade. Think about where you were. I'm 34 years old. Half a decade ago, I was 29 years old. I barely knew what the hell I was doing in life. Now I have a child. I have a wife. I have a mortgage. I'm like a real living adult. 29-year-old me had no idea what the hell was going on in this life. Still am guessing along the way, the way a lot of us are, but I got a much better clue on it now. Five years is such a long time. He went five years without losing 
a game by more than one score, you know how high your confidence has to get when that's the type of stats I can throw in people's faces? He was so good everywhere he's ever been, and this is the first roadblock he's ever had. This whole everything from Houston on to Cleveland has been a it's been a living nightmare for the man. His personal life has been an absolute train wreck, all things considered. His professional life, up until right now, has been an absolute train wreck, all things considered. He's walking around as if he's still something at quarterback, but there's no way he believes he's something at quarterback, and that's got to get to you. It's got to get to you. He went 700 days without playing the sport. He's gone two years now while actually being able to play the sport, and he's got injuries now, and he doesn't look like the same player. How does that not mentally beat you down? Two one six four seven four to below 92. I want to hear from you. Does Deshaun's confidence worry you the most? Tyler Dunn seems to think that it's a massive deal, and I, I just tend to agree with him. There are so many elements to Deshaun that just it just it's too hard to comprehend if you really pull back and think about it. But this has got to be one of the biggest elements. If his confidence is gone, is his talent just zapped like the Monstars from Space Jam? Did they just steal it? He went five years without losing a game by more than seven points. How do you tell somebody? That like, oh yeah, you'll just get back to that. For sure you will. You can just be that guy that everyone believed in, that was a a national hero at one point in life, that was a a consummate professional at every turn. And it just all all went up. Poof. Smoke. That's gotta be so hard to overcome. And listen, a lot of this was self inflicted. Uh so I, I understand why a lot of you guys would have, and not throwing a pity party for the man, I get it. I'm just trying to get the Browns to win games. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to find a way for the Browns to end up winning games, get us back to 11-12 wins, maybe get us a one seed, maybe win the AFC North, maybe find our way in some of these conference championship weekend games. You know, maybe some uh, some of the big, important, fun stuff we thought was coming with $230 million. I just don't know how you get him right. I do think he was headed in the right direction before the injury. But now... Every time he takes off running, is he going to think that his his ticking time bomb of his shoulder is going to end up exploding? Every time he takes off running, is he just going to be worried that that's going to be the last time he's going to play in a game for an extended period of time? My goodness. I mean, that's just no way to go. 28 years old, and he's out there acting like he's 38 with his, all his injuries and everything. I mean, it's got to be it's got to be absolutely devastating for him. So I do think the confidence issue with Deshaun is going to be something that we obviously got to pay attention to, and we're going to pay attention to it. I mean, there's just no other way around it. We're going to pay attention to it. We'll see what happens. I just I find it fascinating. You bring on someone as respected as Tyler Dunn, and that's the part that he goes and focuses in on. All right, 216-474 to below 92. We got the fan focus coming your way at 9 o'clock. I was listening to Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. They do a, a podcast called First and Pod. I, I really enjoy it. You guys should check it out. It's an Odyssey one. It's it's really good. Uh, Danny's in Chicago. Filipponi, you guys know from Pittsburgh. They've been lifelong friends. Not lifelong, since college, but that's a long time still. And they do a podcast together. Two very good football minds. And Danny Parkins came up with an idea for taunting. And I agree with him. I want to know from you guys. Should taunting be a penalty in pro sports? 
Ravens were down 17 to 7, but Zay Flowers made what was going to be the changing of the game play. 54 yard catch would have put the Ravens at the Chiefs 10 yard line. Instead, he got this taunting penalty for pushing Sneed, and that moved the Ravens back to the 25 yard line. That is a game changing penalty. And I don't believe it should exist. I'll explain why when we come on back. It's overtime with Jonathan Beadle here with you on the fan. This person, like a bunch of random oddball questions that clearly was made for like, I want to be on TikTok, right? I've watched enough TikTok. I've consumed enough. I know, I know that's what he's going for. And so I was, I was walking towards these people going to the bowl place to go pick up the bowl that I'd order on my mobile app. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, Oh no. He's going to ask me to be in his TikTok video, and I don't want to be in a TikTok video for a multitude of reasons. I don't want to be in one. And I'm, I'm like coming up with excuses in my head. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, wait, like, oh, oh, sorry, man, I got to go to work. Or I was thinking like another one, like, uh, like, um, it was going to be awful, but in my brain, I was thinking like, um, hey, I've, I'm on the radio, so I don't know that I can do this. You know what I mean? Like, there's a couple that were just kind of floating through my brain, and it's I, a cop out. Yeah, there was a lot of them there, right? And then I, you know, anything to not do it, right? And so I go by, and they don't ask me. And I think to myself, oh, okay, they're still, like, wrapping it up with the one person. Because clearly, no part of me is thinking that they don't want to interview me at all. Clearly, like, that didn't cross my mind. And so I go, and I pick up the bowl, and I'm seeing them, and they're sitting there, and they're, like, they're like judging people as they walk by. And there's not a ton of people on this street. And so I'm, I'm wondering to myself, I'm like, all right, well, clearly now they're going to ask me. And at this point, I'm almost like, I'm almost... I'm always begging them to ask me because I need I need them to ask me at this point, right? I'm like, you don't know what you're – the answers you're about to get are going to be awesome. Let's do this. Do you know who I am? Almost, right? Like, I'm almost there, and I'm not that guy at all, but I'm almost there. Like, hey, listen, I promise you I can give you much better answers than anybody you ask because this random stuff is what I live for. I'm walking by, and I'm getting there, and I'm going – and the guy looks to his other – and I'm, I'm, I'm right there. The guy looks to the, the other guy, and he goes – does a little like, like, you know, like, like no gesture. And he goes, not this one. And I'm like, I'm like, no, like, I, what? They denied me. They straight up, I didn't even get a chance to deny them. They denied me. And I felt awful about it. You're not the target demographic, JP. How am I not the target demo? How am I, am I too old for TikTok? They don't realize how much you frequent TikTok. I'm always on TikTok. I love it so much. It's my favorite social media platform at this point because TikTok doesn't ever request anything out of you outside of just trying to enjoy, like trying to get you to smile and try to make your day. All it is is it's, uh, it's golf videos. It's baseball card breaking, football card breaking videos, which I'm somehow into now at this point and, uh, and comedy clips. All there. The cool thing about TikTok is TikTok is always trying to impress me, where the other apps feel like I need to be the one to impress them in some sort of ways, uh, where TikTok doesn't ask anything of me. But what, 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 what about me doesn't seem like I'm 34. I'm not, what, what about me seems like I wouldn't be good in this TikTok? I'm not going to speculate on the air. Oh, now I need you to speculate. Now, now, now I need, now I need you more than ever to speculate. Is it the receding hairline? It's probably the receding hairline. What was, what was described the person they were interviewing before you? What were they like? She was... Uh, okay, there you go. Female. Bam. They're looking for females. I'm going to try to be nice here, but I don't think that... I Like, it wasn't like... It wasn't like she was a smoke show and they were like, we're only interviewing... I'm just saying. 11s out of 10s. I see... 
I watch some TikTok too. I see yeah. it all the time. It's these guys she interviewing like females, a, asking them dating questions. She looks like a big time character. As much of a character as I am, I don't. I don't think I look like a character. I think I look like I would sell you insurance. I think that's what I look like, and I don't think anyone wants to talk to anybody that looks like they would sell you insurance. Because let's be honest about it, my look doesn't scream. I have a bunch of interesting things to say. My look is. I can get you a good subprime mortgage if you ask the right questions. That's that's what my look gives off. All right. Anyway, we'll get over it, guys. All right. Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. I thought uh, I, I I got denied though. That was basically it. I got denied. Uh, there has been a big change in the Big Ten coaching ranks. Nick Wilson, Spencer German, have you covered during the new Sons of the Shoe episode? Follow Sons of the Shoe ninety two three the fan dot com, Odyssey app, and wherever you get your podcast. Okay. I want to play this clip for you. This is Danny Parkins. I think he's very talented. He's a host out of Chicago, and uh, he was on the First and Pod podcast, the podcast he does with Andrew Filippone. I enjoy it. I think it's good. Now, Danny, I've heard give a version of this take in years prior. I've consumed a decent amount of his content over the years. It's not the first time I've ever heard him do this, but it's the first time I've ever heard him do this in relation to the taunting rule. Here it is. Taunting should not be a penalty in professional sports. Now, what Zay Flowers did, because it is a rule, is obviously taunting. He should have been flagged. But unsportsmanlike conduct should be a penalty for spitting in someone's face. If you want to say throwing a ball at somebody, something like that, okay, fine. Unnecessary roughness should be a penalty for fighting because people are like, oh, if you take out taunting, there's just going to be a bunch of fights after every play. No, you can't fight because that would be unnecessary roughness. That's a penalty. But taunting is trash talk. These are pros. This isn't Little League. This isn't AYSO soccer. This isn't the why. You have to teach your kids and athletes are role models. Stop. AFC Championship game, guy catches a 40-yard pass, and he can't talk a little junk. It's so stupid that we've got 50- and 60-year-old men legislating language of 24-year-old athletes. It's idiotic. Couldn't agree more. And I, I felt like all throughout the station today as people were playing this clip, it was kind of a mixed bag of responses. Couldn't agree more. The think of the children crowd needs to get a grip on this not being your child sport. Little League, AYSO, it's a different game. If a player makes a big play and then your son or daughter emulates that move that you think is dirty, guess what? You get to have a talk with your child about how adults get to do things that kids can't. The same way you talked with your kid about sex, drugs, alcohol, and every other vice we have in life. Most kids are not Stupid. You have to give kids the benefit of the doubt in these discussions. Most kids get that when they watch a television show that depicts mobsters, they also don't get to go out there and become a mobster the next day. Life doesn't work that way. You want to grow up to become a mobster? It's on the table. Sure. You want to grow up to become a basically whatever athlete you think is going to be doing the taunting that a player does in the field? Then grow up and become a professional athlete, and it'll be all right. You can do that. This adds an element to sports that I like. What's the one question most Browns fans have entering the next season? We just talked about the mental makeup of Deshaun Watson. We just did a whole segment on it. It wraps perfectly into this. If you can't take it mentally because Zay Flowers is chirping at you and Zay Flowers has some things to say after a 54-yard catch, then that's probably an advantage to Zay Flowers that he should be able to take advantage of. Isn't that part of the game? Golf, I think, is awesome in this respect. 
Golf is built on a whole world of people that have the mental game figured out and those who don't. The mental game matters. If it didn't, then Travis Kelsey wouldn't have started beef with Justin Tucker before the game got underway, right? I think we should be rewarding players more for being mentally strong instead of slapping the players that try to go after that ideology with a taunting penalty. 216474 to below 92. Should taunting be a penalty in pro sports? Why can't grown-ups talk crap on the field? As long as you keep it within reason, why can't adults do this in professional games? If you knock a player over or if you get wild, we have a penalty for that. It's called unsportsmanlike conduct. I think one thing I saw from this past weekend that made me truly question a lot about Lamar Jackson wasn't necessarily the idea that Lamar Jackson isn't some great quarterback. He's going to be a two-time league MVP winner. We know he's a great quarterback. But what happens to Lamar Jackson when he gets in the biggest stages of the season for himself? He crumbles. Big time. This is I saw the stat earlier today. This is the fourth year that Lamar's lowest point total outcome was the playoff game that he played in that year. The fourth time that's happened in his entire career. That's crazy. He's been in the league for six years. Part of the advantage that Patrick Mahomes has, part of the advantage that even Joe Burrow has, is their ability to be able to be mentally strong. Their ability to be able to see those big-time moments and have their heart rate go down. That's what makes them so special. That's what makes them unique. I told the story a million times, it feels like, in the previous week, but it's the most impressive thing about Patrick Mahomes that I know. Outside of his uh, great acting jobs in those little the little commercials, Randy reads like, how about the nuggies? I love that commercial. It's so funny to me. Mahomes is a good actor. Mahomes is a lot of things. Mahomes, I think, is a good actor. He might, he might sound like Kermit the Frog from what people say. I think he's a good actor. I really do. Most impressive part about Patrick Mahomes, they, they put him on this whoop band that registers your heart rate. In the Bills' 13-second game, the whoop band registered that his heart rate went down when he had the ball. It only went up when he was on the sideline. On the sideline, when he didn't have the ball, he was human like the rest of us. When he had the ball in his hands and the game on the line, his heart rate went down. That's how impressive he is. Like, that's a clear-cut advantage. You should be able to take advantage of that. And if you become mentally weak because Zay Flowers chirps at you, then so be it. You have to live with those consequences. But the ref shouldn't be dictating one reason or another as to that being a game-changing penalty. If that penalty didn't exist, and listen, I was rooting against the Ravens. I wanted the Ravens to lose, partly because on CBS Sports Radio on Saturday night, I had so many Ravens fans chirping at me. But the biggest reason why is because I have a belief in Patrick Mahomes, and also I don't like rooting for the Ravens. Two reasons. They're good reasons. I stand by them. I wasn't rooting for him, but I was rooting for fairness in that moment. And in that moment, what should have happened? You're down 17-7. to Zay Flowers should have been on the 10-yard line. They should have been able to punch it in, and then it becomes 17-14, and we got ourselves a real game. Instead, they got knocked back 15 yards. They go to the 25-yard line. End of that play ends. End of that drive, excuse me, ends where Zay Flowers obviously fumbles the ball right before the goal line, and it completely alters the entire change and, and complexion of the game. Completely altered the complexion of the game. What could have been a great game? was completely changed and altered because of a taunting penalty. 
And listen, you can say Zay Flowers in that instance did a little bit more than a taunting penalty, and maybe that one should have been called anyway, and I'll listen to that. But we got to figure out this taunting thing. You should be able to say basically anything in bounds to any player. The 90s NBA would never. They used to hire guys in the NBA to legitimately just talk smack for the length of the game to get under people's skin. They would say the nastiest of things. Absolutely dirty, ridiculously awful things. And the mentally strong prevail. That's how that works. Half of Jordan was just talking crap. Jordan was great. Jordan played mind games with everybody. You ever see that clip of Michael Jordan going to the foul line, shooting the, the free throws with his eyes closed just to intimidate the hell out of players? He did that all the time. This is part of sports always has been. I don't know why the NFL looks at it like we need to legislate that. Why we need to legislate adults speaking adult language. Now, I think there are certain circumstances. We don't want to end up with uh, Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph instance all over again. There are certain things that are obviously a no-go. My answer to that would be simple. If a ref hears something like that, it's not a penalty. It's not 15 yards. It is a note that they make, and they have the NFL go back and look at it after the fact, and then the NFL finds them appropriately. Don't impact these games that way, though. Impacting these games seem like an absolute recipe for disaster, my estimation. All right, we come on back. We got the fan focus, as we always do. Here's a little taste of what you're going to hear in the fan focus. If we end up against Patrick Mahomes in the playoff next year and you go down against Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be that upset. All right, find out what got Ken to say that and more with the fan focus when we come on back. It's overtime with Jonathan Pino here with you on the fan. 